Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. This glorious mess. Are we there yet? No. 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 Are we there yet? Hello, hello, and welcome to This Glorious Mess, Mamma Mia's podcast for parents who are entirely immune to the smell of baby vomit. It's true, it's true. You do get that way when the kids are little. You don't smell it. Other people are like, oh. I don't know about that. I mean, you get immune to the having a little bit on your shoulder. You're like, oh, there's nothing have I? that gross about that. Have I? <laughs> I'd like someone, like, you know, on morning television to have that, sit there and go, oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the way it is. I'm Holly Wainwright. My kids are nine and six, and I work here at Mamma Mia. And I'm Andrew Datto. I'm sort of freelance writer and other things, and I've got three older kids, like, getting properly old now. Teenagers. I know, I know. T- hardcore teenagers, which is a really interesting and fantastic travel opportunity when you get it. Yes, mm. because this episode of This Glorious Mess is one of our travel specials. So as always, This Glorious Mess looks at all the messy, chaotic elements of family life, the highs, the lows, and the normalness of it all just being a bit out of control. But what happens when you take that on the road? That is what we're looking at in this and our other special bonus episodes. So here's a question for you, Andrew. We have talked a little bit on these travel shows about the fact that we're lucky enough that we have taken our kids on big overseas adventures at times. And we talk to parents who've flown overseas a lot with little babies. Do you think it is a waste of time and money to take little kids on big holidays? No, because they're passengers on our holiday. They actually enhance the holiday, even though they make it more difficult. Like your reason to go to the UK was to go to to see your family. And that's the key thing. And to show off your children. So if you just turn up, you'll spend half your time with people going, where's the kids? And you go, it was too inconvenient and too expensive to bring them. <laughs> and then you watch them go, what? Like, they're definitely part of it. And no, they're not going to – little kids won't remember any of it. They'll see the photos and go, oh, my God, you took us to yes, England. Some, somewhere you exciting. <laughs> Do you well, know what I mean? It's interesting because recently this research psychologist, Amanda Gummer, says that five is the pivotal age at which kids will – understand the experience, enjoy or not the experience and also remember the experience because that's one of the things is that for my particular family and I know there are lots of other families listening to this who are immigrants whose families are from somewhere else, we do take little babies backwards and forwards a lot for family reasons but they probably don't remember it at Mm. all and now that my kids are past that, so Billy is six and Matilda is nine, when we just recently went to England They will remember that trip. It was important for them. And we took them to London with us, whereas normally we don't, things like that. Because I was before that, I was like, they don't care. To them, the difference between Manchester and London is nothing. They're just two rainy cities that they, you know, (laughs) they sleep in strange beds and whatever. But now that they're older, you know, when we were in London, we could be like, there's Big Ben. Although it was actually under scaffolding when we went. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> there's a double-decker bus. Let's go and look at this. Let's do that. And they were like, wow, wow, wow. Because they're now at that age where they understand yeah. that things are different. Whereas before, they're just like, you've just moved locations and as long as mum and dad are there, they don't really care what's mm. going on. But you're not travelling for them. You're travelling for you. And they're, and they're part true. of your overall experience. And then just consider this. And the article didn't, I didn't think, consider this is that later when you've got teenagers and 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds and they look back and they see the photos and they go, oh, so what did we do? We stayed home. Why? It's the residual hurt. No, no, no. But, like, I'm serious. Well, but you know know what? I would go to England without them. Like, I would. If I was going to visit my family, I would go without them. Like Because there is a massive difference, obviously, in four long-haul airfares and one long-haul airfare. Yeah, but if you're going on a big family reunion thing or whatever it is, there will be some element, and I know this within our own family, people have gone, what, you went and, and we didn't. What's that about? Why did that one go and I didn't go? Oh, dear. Do you know what I mean? Drama, drama. Yeah, it's, no, it's not a big deal, but it's just that little residual niggle, niggle For that sure. should be possibly considered or not. You know what, though? I don't know. I'm, I'm asking. No, no, I I'm think, not asking well, you. I'm I, telling you. I heard that in South that Africa. That wasn't my motivation. Travelling with my family. Like, I don't think the kids, like, have a right to be taken on Glamorous Locate. Like, I no. don't think that's true. Like, if Brent and I were – I mean, this doesn't happen to us because we don't have family around, but, like, if we were offered an amazing trip to – I don't know, Lord Howe Island, which is one of our favourite places to go, without the kids and there was miraculously someone here who could look after them, would we go for three days without them? Of course yes. we bloody would. And the kids would go, well, why didn't we get to go? And we go, because we're grown-ups and sometimes we get yeah. to do things on our own. So they don't always, they haven't always earned the right to do everything. However, having said that, travelling with the kids at the age they're at now is great. Like our trip was much better for yeah. them being there. But I did have to laugh. Brent and I, we were in Singapore on the way home and, God, when we were in Singapore, we spent, every day at like a theme park or a water park or the aquarium or you know and I laughed I said to Brent when I was a kid my parents did not design holidays around us they were like we want to go and look in this boring church you have to come with us we want to go and look in this art gallery you have to come with us we want to go and eat this weird food in this cafe you have to come with us like that was the deal whereas I think that we probably have skewed it very much like we want the kids to have yeah. this amazing well, time. Yeah, I think when they get older, you go back to doing the. So now we just do whatever we want to do. Yeah, we're going. Let's go and look at some ruins. Yeah, they go. Oh my god. Oh my god. If I tried to More drag ruins? Billy around some ruins, that would be the end of the world. Kids, oh, this is amazing. It's a Mycenaean bridge. It was built in. <laughs> exactly. You know, and they go. <laughs> and then you make them have a photo in front of it, just to ram it home. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you've got to get your in as well. You know, you like do. they get their in. Where they drive you nuts? Well, sometimes it's nice to drive them a little bit kooky too. <laughs> can't believe I said that out loud. Wow. Mm. <laughs> I need to share a tale on that, I have to tell you, that <laughs> we talked about flying last week and when Billy was littler, we did go to Lord Howe Island, which is one of our favourite places to go. I know you've been there too. And you fly to Lord Howe Island, which is off the coast of New South Wales, on a tiny little plane, Right. And it's only, what, two and a half hours, Mm. three hours? It's not a very long flight, but it's long enough. Billy got on that plane and he just started going, I want to get off this plane. And he did that nonstop for three hours. Wow. And all of the passengers on that plane, who Lord Howe Island is a very small place, so you know you're going to be seeing those people over and over again, hated him so much. And we did everything we could. We did all the tricks. We had wow. the iPad. We had the book. We had the snacks. We had. He's just like, I need to get off this plane. I need to get off this plane. I need to for wow. three hours. It's amazing they even took off. Oh my god! Did he wait until they took off? Yeah, yeah. We're already in smart. the air. Smart. He's smart. 
That's a long time. That oh, shows great resilience. It was. Uh, an aptitude for, you know, like commitment to the cause. When we got off the plane. You're a politician. When we got off the plane and we were wrecks of ourselves and Billy miraculously perked up yeah. like, oh, this is nice, where are we? Everybody on that plane hated us. And we were just like, we are so sorry. Were you sitting up the front or the back? Like, did the people behind you get respite from that or? No, we were at the back. Oh, so everyone got to enjoy it. <laughs> wow. Luckily, those days are gone. He's now six and the iPad works a miracle. Mum, can I play the PlayStation? We all know it can be a struggle when you're taking your kids on a plane, especially if they're young and even more so if it's a long-haul flight. And it's hard enough for us as parents. It's hard for the kids. But who's it really hard for? <laughs> Imagine being a flight attendant. Imagine being a flight attendant long-haul and you see the family come in, mum, dad, four kids, under six. <laughs> <laughs> Who's having the horror then? So what we thought we'd do is we'd actually speak to Jade. She's an international flight attendant to tell us what it's really like. And what I'm hoping to find out, Holly, is her tips to help us as parents travel with our children. Hello, Jade. G'day, Jade. Hi there. Straight away, the first question I want to ask you is, as a flight attendant, what is the worst thing you've seen a child do on a flight? To be honest with you, I can't pinpoint one thing that a child has done that's been dad out of bad. I guess being a confined environment, you know, kids are kids and they might get frustrated at times, but I can't honestly think of one thing that's been oh, the worst thing. So <laughs> are you saying that's because there's just too damn many or... <laughs> Andrew told a story in another episode of this travel show about how his son once did a poo on the floor in the um, in the food preparation area, where the area of a plane. Yeah, where, where the trolley goes. Wow. Now, to be fair, no one knew that he had done it. Oh, my goodness. I know. No, I can't say I've seen anything even close to that. That's um... he, was, he was young, it was small, it was whisked away, and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fine. Hey, Jade, who's who are the bigger issue, and I mean this in the nicest way, um, is it the kids or the parents trying to settle the kids? Do you know what? I think everything does flow from the parent. You guys know that as parents. If you're calm, your child's going to be calm. If you're worked up, your child's going to be worked up. So, look, easy said than done. Everyone is a bit stressed when they're travelling and on a plane and in a confined environment, but um, definitely if I notice the parents that are more relaxed and more organised, their kids seem to be a bit more chilled. Okay, so for what's, the, what's your best tip for parents when their kids do start to become a little more rambunctious and, and looking for an exit? I guess just realise that everyone around you probably have kids themselves. Most people are really understanding. I think when it's your child, I remember getting on a flight with my baby for the first time and I was so worried about, you know, everyone else hearing her crying around me and waking people up. But everyone's got their headphones on, they're watching their iPads, they're watching the movies. Everyone's not staring at you and your child, even though it might mm. feel like that at the time. Those are wise words because it does feel like that at the time. As the parent, you're usually very anxious about that and you you might cop the occasional rolling eye in your direction but you fe it feels like a million rolling eyes. It is a shared space and I think people need to be a bit more patient with others around them and, you know, kids have every right to be there. So don't feel bad about your child crying or, you know, babies do cry. It's not exactly. the end of the world. Yeah, great advice. So yeah. can you tell me, has a person on a plane ever complained to you about someone else's child? Look, maybe people have asked discreetly to move if there was a spare seat available and they didn't want to be 
close, but I've never heard them like say it in front of a parent and make them feel bad. And we'll, we will always do that. If there's more room, we'll try to make, you know, an extra seat in between for the family to use. But, you know, sometimes flights are full and we can't move people around, but we will always do what we can. What about getting bumped to business class or first class? Uh, from, <laughs> if, to, no, that's not a from, nice try. Not from, to, if you've got do a... you know what? I think those days are gone. Yeah, they I don't are. Know about upgrades on board just don't happen. I, I missed that era, but I've heard lots of stories about when that happens. But um, no, unfortunately, that doesn't happen these days. I've noticed that too. It certainly hasn't happened to me for a very long time. (laughs) Okay, I want to ask you then how parents can be best prepared for flight. So obviously, kids are all different at different ages they're at. So when you've got a newborn, a little baby on the plane, and you're going long haul, often people ask for those seats at the front that have the bassinet. Yes. And if you don't get one of those, like what's the best way to prepare yourself to fly with a little baby, do you think? Um, I guess maybe trying to get a seat in between you, which the crew will always do. Um, well, on my flights, they would, um, to try to give you a little bit more space. I guess just being prepared. Like, it's not just the flight time, it's that time at the airport. So, you know, when you're thinking about how many nappies or how much formula am I going to need, you're going to need extra, extra, extra. Just, you know, pack double, triple what you think you'll need because if you're delayed, if you're waiting around the airport, you know, you're going to go through a lot of nappies. Spare clothes for mum. I've had, you know, like nappies leak. We all know that happens as parents. Yes. So, you know, put in a spare T-shirt for you in the baby bag as well because you don't want to be on a long flight or even a short flight and have to, you know, deal with that. The next tricky age for children flying is the toddler phase because yeah. I flew to England with Matilda, my daughter, when she was two and a half. Okay, and that's very good age. My mum says that when we got off that flight, Matilda was leaping and jumping around like she was happy as Larry and Brent and I looked like the walking dead. And we did because two-year-olds have an attention span of, you know, three minutes. So it was like three minutes of Peppa Pig, three minutes of drawing with crayons, three minutes for 24 hours. What do you think is the best way to keep a toddler entertained on a long flight? Do you know what? Toddlers are their own own kettle of fish, aren't they? I think it is the most trickiest age out of all of it. I think newborns, they're not mobile. You can feed them and pacify them but toddlers they just want to explore they want to climb everything they don't get the whole notion of um why we have to sit with our seatbelt done up and so I think you just have to keep them entertained as much as you can um yeah like you bring their own snacks to keep them occupied like you said with the tv shows you can upload all their favorite shows to their ipad um look it is a tricky age I can't say that it's going to be a walk in the park but um lots of different things to keep them entertained just on walking in the park is it okay to walk your toddler (laughs) Up and down the plane. I was going to ask that because that's what they want to do all the time. Up and down the plane, up and down the plane. Come on. Come on. Yeah, do you know what? Moving around with them is okay. Like as long as you try to stay out of the way. I mean, if the crew are trying to go down with the service, it could be dangerous with the trolley coming out, little toes and things. Um, But you know what? Move around when you can. If the seatbelt signs off, look, the safest is to be sat down with your seatbelt up. We all know that. But um, with a two-year-old, if you need to get up and move around, yeah, do that if you need to. This is a thorny question. Are kids in first and business class any better behaved than the ones in economy? (laughs) (laughs) There are things in first and business that make it more comfortable. That's a tough one. Look, I wouldn't say they're better behaved. The baby's a baby. But, you know, if you've got more space and um, you can be more comfortable, does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. they're better behaved. Yeah, yeah. Just so. (laughs) Come on, Jade. You can spread out a bit. If you're more comfortable, I think you're more happy and more well-behaved. Now, before we let you go, is there anything else that you really think that parents should know before they get on their first flight with their kids? 
Um, I think just doing a little bit of research before you get on and just, um, you know, planning ahead, thinking, yeah, what does my child need at whatever stage they're at? It's really important. And, you know, just remembering why you're travelling. If you're travelling for a holiday, like, it's so worth it. So many people dread the flight and they get so worked up about it. But you know what, if there's, you know, you've got to go visit family or if you're going on a holiday, it's so worth it. And the more you do it, the more your kids get used to it and they know the drill and, yeah, it can be a really good thing. I think that's really good advice just to keep in the back of your mind the reason that you're travelling and that it's not actually a pain in the ass. It's actually a good thing to do. Like you, yep. Rarely do you have to travel for a reason you don't want to, especially those long-haul flights. Can I ask a personal mm-hmm. question? Uh, yes. If the guy, no, an, no, sorry, an adult question. If the guy, if the guy next to me is snoring, can yep. I wake him, or can you wake him for me? For instance, I could give you some um, earplugs or some uh, noise cancelling headsets to put on. Yeah. That um, I probably wouldn't wake up Mr. Snoring. I'd probably leave him in his sleep. Right. So, so it's not okay to wake. Well, because you know some. <laughs> It's like, Jesus. Oh, yeah, no, I've definitely heard and seen a few um, interesting sleeping behaviours. Yeah, drop a lolly um, in there, like a Mentos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What you do, well, your own actions are your own. um, Right. I'm not going to go too into that, but no, I wouldn't be waking myself, but you do what you need to do. Right, that's a yes. (laughs) Jade, you have a a website called muttonwithwings.com.au. We'll put a link to it in our show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Joe. Um, yeah, it's great to chat. Thanks, See you in the Jay. long haul. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of This Glorious Mess. Would you be a flight attendant now that you've heard that? Would you? No. Would you? No. I would be terrible at being a flight attendant. If you've had a flight attendant moment, let us know. TGM at mamamia.com.au. You can also leave a message anytime on our pod phone, which is 02 And if it's good, we'll do our best to get it on the show. We will. We love hearing your voices on our show. This glorious mess is brought to you by Mama Mia, and it is produced by Luca Levine and Rachel Hart. See ya. Bye.